Hey everybody, this is Johnny and Ivy from Gordon College, and you're listening to the Outcast Podcast, where you'll hear stories of the cross-cultural challenges and joys that international and multicultural students experience while studying in the United States. On Outcast, we invite international and multicultural students to share their background and to help bring understanding to their diverse perspectives on the world. Christian Shepherd is a missionary kid who grew up in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and Budapest, Hungary. He studied history here at Gordon with the goal of moving on to grad school and eventually back to the missions field. In the meantime, he serves as the international admissions counselor for Gordon. He loves conversations, especially about TCKs, cooking, and recently took up surfing. Welcome, Christian. Hi, Christian. I am so glad to be here. We're really glad to have you. And for our first episode, I think you're a great candidate. (laughs) Well, thank you. I am thrilled to be here. I've been listening to Outcast podcast for a little while now. I think what y'all do is great. And so I'm so honored and flattered to to be part of this. So thank you. We want to start off with some fun icebreaker questions. And I really love languages. So choose one word that you can say in all the languages you know. It could be something very regular, average, but it can also be something yeah. more complicated. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's I think it's probably hello. Really, okay. Okay. Really. yeah, yeah. No, my 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 language isn't as impressive as I would like it to be. Okay, but and what what languages do you know? You know, like Ivy said, having grown up in Thailand, I do kind of speak a smattering of Thai. So mm-hmm. so I could I, I could say some in Thai. Um, then Hungary, Hungarian, and then my Spanish isn't bad, believe it or not. Wow. And I can pull out Italian sometimes when I need it. So I'm going to write about there. So in those four. <laughs> okay, good. Can we hear it? Oh, okay. Well, we'll try this. Uh, so that's uh, hello in time. One of my favorites is which is Hungarian. Mm-hmm. So a uh, good day. I recognize that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, what were the others I said? I mean, hola. I mean, it's right. great yeah. for Spanish. And then uh, buongiorno is, mm-hmm. you know, how, how, yeah. how do you not nice. love that? <laughs> Thank so you. it's great. So I really love food, and I really love hearing about the different meals people cook based off where they're from and where they've lived. So what's a favorite dish that you used to eat a lot as a kid? Oh, gosh. Okay, so this is going to be even harder than the languages question. (laughs) Um, So I am a sucker for Penang curry. I Mm. love Penang curry, and that is, it's kind of the the spicy red, almost orange curry, usually with chicken served over rice, which is just just fantastic. And um, I've, I've always kind of described that as being almost like um like if if mexican spice is very warm and very very almost red in color Mm -hmm. this is almost electric instead of it's like it's like if mexican is almost like fire this is like lightning and electricity very different but but zingy and it's great so love that what was one of your fondest memories while living abroad well, you know, I spent so much time overseas. You know, I, I right. left the States when I was two and mm-hmm. didn't really come back until I was 20. So I think I I would almost reshape the question and say, what was the favorite memory of childhood? Because living mm. abroad was childhood. And I, I think I could answer that in, in, in lots of different ways. But I really had just a wonderful school experience in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Mm. Um, I went to Grace International School. And really and truly, it was, it was about as perfect as it could get. Mm. Elementary school was fun. Middle school was less drama than I've heard other places, which is great. And and high school was just a total blast. So really and truly it was school. That's very refreshing to hear. Yeah, I'm so glad. Because yeah. <laughs> a lot of people do not like school, yes. especially in your earliest years, because you got, from one hand, you were like just with your parents. They were feeding right. you. You were napping. It was great. And then the next minute, you have to be gone eight hours a day. Right. Exactly. Uh, no, but but school, school was just a delightful experience, really mm. and truly, which yeah. you're right, is kind of 
rare, I guess. Right, and and especially for a TCK, I feel especially like that's, for a that's very unique to experience that. Yeah, what a blessing. Mm-hmm. It really was. It, it really was such a big deal. And you're right, a total blessing. I've been nothing but grateful for it. And mm. it really set me up well. So we were wondering if you can give us like a very brief rundown of all <laughs> of the places that you live and how you got here to New England. Sure. No, happy to. So uh, missionary kid, I, I was born here in the States. I am an American citizen, but I was born here in the States in Dallas, Texas. Mm. Everything's better in Texas, yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> something like that. And so we left. So my parents started their own agency doing missionary care and soul mm. care. And they, they left in the year 2000. We went to Budapest, Hungary for mm-hmm. the first time. Definitely not, not many missionaries there who, right. who were focusing on care. So we were there for five years. Then it was Hong Kong for two. Chiang Mai, Thailand for 11 with a quick break in there for furlough. You know, going back to the States, we went to Southern California. Not many connections there, but but some. Mm-hmm. Then I graduated high school in 2017. Mm-hmm. And at that point, mom and dad were thinking, you know, it might be time to go back to, to Budapest. The reasons we left had kind of shifted and changed. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it left an opening for them. And so I made the move with them, already having graduated from, from high school. And I had made my decision that Gordon was where I was going to go. But mm-hmm. I wanted a gap year, so I, I took some time. Then having made the move with mom and dad to, to Hungary again, I did a small stint in the UK up in Lancashire um, doing Cape and Ray Bible School oh, awesome. through Torchbearers. Wonderful program, recommended mm-hmm. to anyone. Uh, and then from there, I did a smaller stint in Greece as well with one of Torchbearers' other programs mm-hmm. doing Bible school. Then then came here to Gordon and mm-hmm. got started. What would you say of your gap year? Gap years are very contested. Oh, yeah. Um, especially by parents, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but what would you say your gap year molded in you or like prepared in you? Really good question. Again, h- how can you boil that down to just one thing? But but right. I think what it did was, uh, you know, God has always kind of given me a, a theme for, for, you know, a season that I'm in. And I'm mm. sure that's true for many people. Yeah. But the theme for, for the gap year w- was twofold. One was learning that people are going to view the world in different ways. And, and learning how to step into that with them is, is really an important thing. So there was definitely that involved in the whole thing. But then, you know, the second part was given the fact that there's so much to think about and to explore and to engage in uh, how to listen for his voice and to, to really just kind of in the midst of all of that wonderful, you know, stuff that's going around. Some of it can be a challenge. Some of it can be really hard to kind of parse through. But but really to say, OK, God, where do I hear you in the middle of all of that? Right. That was really the theme of my gap year. And it mm-hmm. has served me well ever since. Yeah, I feel like it's very hard to listen to God through it all like yeah. the chaos and even in taking a gap year or going straight to college or whatever your choice is there's going to be a very big sense of change mm. and that change is often very very loud so yeah, I, I, I think, think it's right. very admirable mm. for you to take a step back and be like first things first I have to listen to you Lord well, thanks. I appreciate it. But I'll let you in on a little secret. I was just utterly terrified to go to go to Gordon. Mm. You know, initially I just thought, oh gosh, I'm just not ready. I, I need, you know, I know Gordon's a Christian school and mm. wonderful place, great school, but gosh, I'm just not ready. Mm. And and so I don't know if it was born out of wisdom or fear, I, mm. but I'll, I'll take the vote of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and that'd be an interesting thing to go into. Like how, how did you get to Gordon? How was that connection made for you? Yeah, and uh, again, uh, interesting story. So, um, so I, <laughs> I only applied to two colleges, which, uh, you know, in hindsight now as an admissions counselor it was just a terrible decision. <laughs> You're supposed to apply to like ten, right? <laughs> but I only applied to two: uh, Covenant Christian down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and then Gordon, of course. And really and truly, 
you know, you, you all know that I was born in Texas, and, and most of our supporting churches were, were mostly located really in the South. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have any connections in the North, and Massachusetts is definitely North. Mm. And so it was a surprise that Gordon kind of made the list. My, my guidance counselor in Chiang Mai said, you know, there's a school in Boston that's dedicated to helping missionary students graduate with no debt. Well, when you're a poor little missionary kid, you take something like that to heart <laughs> and, uh, and you listen. And so it, it made the list, read the program information. I thought I'd major in philosophy. It ended up being history, but mm-hmm. I loved how they spoke about philosophy. Applied, got in, and really God... You know, I, I kept praying and saying, okay, God, you know, help make this decision for me. And he, he made it very clear to me that he was not going to, quote unquote, make the choice for me. That was actually a little bit of a shock for me. I was kind of expecting him to, but mm. he didn't. And he, he kind of put two choices in front of me. He said, you know, listen, you don't have many connections up in Massachusetts. And, and I'm sure there are missionary kids listening here now that would say, yeah, you, you, you go to the places where you have connections right. mm-hmm. just because that's simpler. Yeah. It makes sense, exactly. And uh, and Massachusetts was just not that. But we do have connections in Chattanooga. And, and God said, listen, you're going to have connections in Chattanooga. You're going to be looked after a little bit more personally there. It will be a little simpler. But you may not grow in some of the ways that you really could grow at Gordon. And mm. the choice is really up to you. What, what do you want? And I said, well, I think I want to grow. Mm. And he said, well, then it's Gordon. And I said, okay, it's Gordon. <laughs> and, and he was right. He always is. And really and truly, the, the time has been full of all kinds of growth opportunities, some of them hard, some of them really mm. fun. But that's really how I came to be here. And I have not regretted the decision once, but it has been a roller coaster. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet. And yeah, you've lived all over the world, but choosing New England. Choosing New England. That's definitely a God thing, I <laughs> bet. Um. Complete, complete God thing. I've been here for about, what is it, six years now? I think a lot of TCKs might agree with th- this statement that it really takes a lot longer than you think to really adjust. Mm. I remember when I got here, after my, I think I started my sophomore year, and I remember calling home, and my mom's a TCK as well, which has just been the grace of God, mm. um, mm-hmm. having someone to talk to in the family. And I said, listen, I feel like I should be over this whole transition thing by now. And mom oh. said, oh, no, <laughs> no, you've got years to go. And I said, what? So really and truly, starting my sixth year, I'm starting to finally feel like I have my feet on the ground. Wow. Oh, yeah. yay. How have you found kind of that peace and rest here? Because we all have different homes as TCKs or as international students. But coming to college really is a new home for a lot of people. I'm curious to hear, I don't know, maybe when you feel anxious or stressed away from home, how do you find rest while at college? Because going home is just not an option for many students and people here. Yeah, you're right. Well, I think some of it really depends on, on... Just kind of how, how number one, how you handle stress and, mm. and when things get hard. But I think a lot of it is finding a way to make where you are feel homey. And so I think you have to delineate between home because home is not... I found that home is not necessarily something that you can fully create or it's not necessarily something that, that you can really make come about, but it's just something that eventually you stumble into. Mm. And that that's true in some ways and, and not true in others. I mean, yeah. <laughs> home's a complicated subject. Oh, yeah. 
Because customarily, I would say that home is really the people that are around you. Making good friendships and relationships, I think, is key. But I remember in my international orientation, you know, way back when, that was when Ingrid was still here and, you know, Fatu's predecessor. And Ingrid got up and said, welcome to Gordon, welcome home. And I remember thinking, mm. uh, okay, hold on. I know what you're saying, Ingrid, <laughs> and I, I, I already love you dearly, but mm. I'm not certain that I can go with you there. Mm. It's not home yet. And I think it just took some time. So, so really settling into that process of letting home develop mm. for you, that's just a painful experience. But yeah. I think when it's done organically, your your experience of home is much richer when it does finally come about. So there's that. And then I, I tell this to all of the students that I work with who, you know, who are applying to Gordon is you got to bring home with you. Mm. You got to bring some stuff with you. I like that. And uh, I brought Thai food packets because Lane food is really very good, but it's not spicy enough for me. <laughs> and I needed spice. Okay. So, so I, I brought things like that with, but you know, just, just the little things that, that make it work. Bits of color, that was a big one for me. Massachusetts, you know, is gorgeous during October, but it's a little gray for the rest of the time, and Thailand is not. It's like <laughs> lush all the time, so I needed color. And then I also called home all the time. You know, I called back to my parents because mm. I just needed to hear their voices. So it's finding the things that will kind of move you into that experience of home without expecting it to happen for you immediately right. that I think really does kind of work eventually. I just don't think you can force home. There's, there's really no way to force mm. home. Mm-hmm. Has talking to other TCKs, MKs, other international students help you? Oh, 100%. <laughs> because my parents worked in missionary care, we would end up at missionary conferences all the time where, where you know, you're just interacting with, with missionary kids and, and other TCKs. And then here at Gordon, you know, we're a very international population, and I love that. So having other people that are, quote unquote, like me has made the difference in the sense that I can talk to another TCK. And once we get past the, hi, my name is, we act and operate as if we're old friends because mm. we have so much of shared, you know, exposure, right. background. Even you, Johnny, you know, when when you, you saw the poster on my wall of Budapest yeah. and you're just kind of like, oh, what's the Budapest connection? Mm-hmm. And off we go. We're right. Running. Right. <laughs> and that's been true of pretty much every TCK I've met here and other places is, and TCKs in, in their own way really do feel like home. Mm. So, so yeah, that does make a difference and impact. Mm. Mm. And isn't that fascinating how you can have so much in common with someone who you've never lived, met right never met and has also lived in so many different places from you like mm-hmm. it's something that you can't explain i feel like it's no, just no no like love at first sight but friends at first sight exactly it's it's kind of it's friends yeah. at first sight no and that's that's probably one of my favorite parts of mm. being a tck is it's it's almost like i mean not a club i guess but but it's a <laughs> it's it's just you you have a circle of people you have right. a tribe right you you just kind of fit in with and I, I think for tck's where you know that question of where do i belong where do i fit where is home things like that having those people mm. that are that when, when I talk to TCKs, I feel things inside me begin to relax. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, leaving home can breed angst and anxiety. Yeah. And I've dealt with that, mm. and, you know, in every place that I've lived, definitely here. And so so meeting people that kind of help alleviate that and, and really meet you where you are mm. in that because you're meeting them where they are. Mm. That's a nice thing. Relatability is so oh, yeah. underrated. Completely, <laughs> completely. <laughs> Like, I know when I came to this school mm-hmm. and I was talking to someone and I was like, oh, I'm a military kid. And they were like, oh, I'm a military kid. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, right. so it's like, I know. It's connection. breath of fresh air. Mm. Breath of like, fresh air. You understand. You know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
No, you're completely right. Just just meeting other people that have the same background, even though you probably don't have the same quote unquote physical background. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got the same background, yeah. and that that makes a difference. So this kind of ties in with what Johnny said earlier, but I'm gonna put it in a more concrete question. How has your definition of home changed over the years? Yeah. Oh, I mean, we've already said home is just a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. And how do you nail that down? But for a long, long time, I, I think I would have said that Thailand was probably the closest thing I had to home. But we really, you know, just living in Thailand, we also went back because my parents were the directors of the agency and Budapest mm-hmm. was a hub for us. So we would go back pretty much every summer. Mm-hmm. So it was Budapest and Thailand that really felt very much like home. But then when I graduated high school, it really became people. And, you know, my parents' agency, Ministry Essentials is, is what it's called, That those people really felt like home to me. So mm-hmm. so I kind of got that taste where I'm like, okay, so it's, it's Thailand, Hungary, and Ministry Essentials, so people and kind of a place, and automatically we're already in this weird, okay, hold on, that makes no sense. Right. Mm-hmm. But it really has kind of stayed as, as people for a very long time. And so I would have said it was people. But then recently I had, I had the opportunity mm-hmm. to go back to Thailand for Gordon. Um, I got to recruit at my high school, which was just a completely fun experience. <laughs> full circle. It was, it was complete. It was full circle. <laughs> and I loved it. And the minute I got off the airplane in Chiang Mai, the airport, you know, you walk past and, and you get the view of the mountain. And I looked, I've looked at that mountain for years because, mm-hmm. you know, everyone can see the mountain. Mm-hmm. The colors were exactly right. Everything was so familiar. And I, I got off the plane and I was saying, yeah, God, I've come home. I'm home. Welcome home, Christian, you know, all of that. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, something's wrong. This isn't, this doesn't feel right anymore. And made it to my hotel and, and all of that. And, and, you know, what do you do in that moment? But call home and be like, hey, mom, what, <laughs> what what's going on? Right. And, and I did. And she said, oh, Christian, I think I know what this is. <laughs> Chiang Mai is is not home anymore. You've been gone too long. And, and we, your family, we are home. You know, that's mm. the whole missionary TCK thing. And I right. said, yeah, that makes sense. But then what is this, mom? And she said, you went back to your your hometown. Hmm. And I said, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And so home had ceased to be Thailand and it had become just, it, it really had sunk into being people, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Chiang Mai will always be my hometown hmm. and I will always feel very comfortable there. Hmm. And and it will always hold that special place. That place is still special, but it, it, it may not be home anymore. And I thought, as I kind of came to that re- realization, I thought, gosh, is that, that feels like it should be depressing <laughs> because it, it's a loss, isn't right, it? You know, right, you're, you're, you're losing, losing yeah. something. Yeah. Exactly. But as I sunk into it and really just kind of let myself experience whatever the emotion mm-hmm. was, um, which that's a hard thing in and of itself because you, you walk into this with so much expectation. Right. Mm-hmm. But as I just kind of let expectation wait at the door, it was really quite liberating actually mm-hmm. because I could love Chiang Mai as my hometown in a brand new way mm. without the pressure of it being home anymore. Mm. And that was a delightful experience. Oh. Mm. And it sounds like you were experiencing some form of reverse culture shock, I think the technical Maybe. term would be. <laughs> How would you describe that feeling of just being back there and things being different or the same or how, how did you re-experience that just going back? You know, I, I think I'm, I, I understand why reverse culture shock, it might've been reverse culture mm. shock, but, but the thing is it didn't feel like it uh-huh. in the sense that when I, when I got off the plane in Bangkok and then again in Chiang Mai, cause you, you fly to Bangkok before Chiang Mai, everything in me relaxed. 
you know, the angst that I had begun to, you know, felt in the States and, and kind of felt in other places, it, yeah. it really did kind of melt away. And I never experienced that before. So it was a very interesting experience. But it was kind of like all my language came back. Mm. My, my understanding of how things worked, it just clicked. Instantly, Everything was wow. right there. And so it didn't feel like I was a fish out of water. It felt like I had come back to my water. You know, mm-hmm. I was a fish back in water. So, so I don't know if I would have called it reverse culture shock, but I think I would have just called it almost like growing up. When you're a kid, there are certain things that work. There are certain things that are acceptable. There are certain norms that are just okay. But then you get older and and things shift and they change. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the response of as a two-year-old, you can run screaming from the room when something goes wrong. Right. You know, when you're when you're 12 or, or older, that's really just not an option anymore. Mm. Um, and so things just shift and change. And that's a silly metaphor to say the time spent in, in Chiang Mai when I lived there was really good and it was the right thing for then and mm. it was home then. And that, that will always be part of me, but it may not be the right thing for me now as, a, as an adult. And so it's kind of like, okay, I think it was just, it was just a shifting experience, not necessarily a reverse, oh my gosh, something's wrong. It was just, this isn't the right thing for now anymore. Mm-hmm. And again, I really expected that to be a lot harder than it was, but it was, it was very, for lack of a better word, comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I didn't expect that. I just want to say your mom just sounds so wise. Yeah, honestly, my been, mom is incredible. Oh, like from so all cool. of the advice that you said today mm. that she's given you, I'm like, wow. Like the hometown bit, I'm like, wow. Honestly, I mean, and I think I think the thing that was just, and thank you for the compliment toward my mom. And, and <laughs> if I can say this, she is the best mom in the world, and and oh. I, I just have to maintain that. <laughs> but I had never heard that part before. You know, the hometown thing, and and I've read a couple of books on this. You know, mm-hmm. seeking to understand myself and and the weird experiences right. that I've had in my own identity with with this TCK thing. I've read some books. I've definitely heard, you know, seminars on the subject, and I've never really heard people talk so much about that whole hometown thing. So it was new to me too. And I really, I hope that, you know, for the TCKs who are listening, that that's an experience that that y'all, speaking to the audience, really get to have eventually because it, it was wonderful, unexpected, but but really wonderful. Mm. So I hope that 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 is part of your story going forward. I want to go more into that. How would you suggest that? TCKs or MKs or anyone for that matter who has lived a life in many countries, many different cultures, how would you suggest that they start understanding their identity better? Is that something that can often change so quickly, so easily, and yet there's just a longing for having an identity? Oh, yeah. No, identity is, I think identity is is far more important than we give it credit for. Mm. And I remember there was a time that I thought, gosh, identity really just can't matter as much as we Mm. think. And now I think the exact opposite. I'm like, no, I think it matters (laughs) a lot more than we think. A friend of mine who works with my family in, in our agency, he runs our uh, the TCK portion that, that we, you know, this agency brings to the table. And the first thing he told me when I asked him that question was he said, well, first and foremost, you got to embrace who you are. And I thought, well, haven't I already done that? Right. And <laughs> you don't, apparently not. But really and truly, I think, I think TCKs, we, I, I've heard it so many different ways. I've heard some TCKs who love being TCKs. I think I fall into that category. Of, of just loving our background, loving loving kind of the experiences that we've had, and, and loving the community, loving the world. And then I've met TCKs who who really would rather forget that they're TCKs. They would kind of just mm. rather... Re- assimilate. Assimilate. Mm. Live a part of the culture. Yep, exactly. Live, quote-unquote, a normal life. And and I think, I, I wonder, just surely they're... they're 
I mean, there's nothing wrong with settling down. Right. And there's nothing wrong with staying in one place and 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 having that. I, I'm pretty sure every TCK at one point in time thinks, wouldn't it be nice <laughs> oh, to yeah. just know what it's like to to live in just the one small town? Oh, yes. um, I've wondered about it, but you can't forget that for better or worse, your background, our background, it's part of who we are. It mm. is part of that, and so I think there really is a embracing the. Oh, I think there are layers to this. I think I think you really have to embrace the eclecticness of mm. of of the life. You have to embrace ambiguity. the, the ambiguity. Mm. Yeah, embrace the embrace the struggle because mm. being a TCK can be really challenging sometimes. Yeah. And I, I mean, growing up as people can be a real challenging yeah. thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. But but isn't that the interesting thing? Everybody brings their own struggles to the table, right. and um, and TCKs are no exception. So, so really bringing, you know, letting yourself feel the fact that this is really wonderful and also feel that it's really hard at the same time, I think mm-hmm. goes a long way oh, yeah. into figuring out that whole identity piece. And, you know, the other thing that my parents would say, uh, my mom would say, is, uh, is a, it's all developmental. Sometimes you're just not ready yet to mm-hmm. figure it out. I really think that's true. Thank you. I did too. It, because it, it, again, it, it brought a lot of, of peace to this because I thought, okay, all of a sudden I no longer feel the need to have mm. myself figured out at 18. Mm-hmm. And I'm 25 now and I'm going, okay, hold on. I'm getting new bits. I'm getting smaller right. pieces to myself now and I'm expecting to get more as I get, as I get older mm. because I can never outgrow being a TCK. Mm. And I think that's the other thing that you got to remember is it, it never goes away. You don't stop being a TCK when you get older or you do settle down and, and you're kind of in one place. Your TCK background, your TCK identity, it doesn't it's go part anywhere. Of who you are. Mm-hmm. It is part yeah. of who you are. So I think just making your peace with the fact that no, it really is there. And then let yourself feel the freedom to grow and, and experience it as God will, will work it out in you because mm-hmm. he is working it out. He's the one right. writing the story and he's going to bring the parts that you need to you when it's time. So just relax with that. I really like that, especially since as people, we grow and change all the time. Like you right. said, the way you think about being a TCK is different than you did years ago. You're not going to be the same person you were one year ago, mm. three years ago, five years ago. You have wow. to keep rediscovering yourself. You have to keep looking at your identity and knowing how you feel about your identity. If your perspectives have mm-hmm. shifts and why. And I think, I mean, if I can, if I can make it sound, I mean, very, very spiritual for a minute. I think the only way that that works is if we keep coming back to God, what do you have for me in this? Mm -hmm. What are you showing me in this? And I've never liked it when people automatically take something and make it spiritual. But in this sense, you know, in this subject, I I really think it matters so Mm -hmm. deep. Well, in so many subjects, it matters so deeply. But definitely this one where, again, sit with God and go, okay, here we are. It's time for another <laughs> year. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I think you're taking me in this direction mm-hmm. and sit with him in that and pray right. with him about that and, and figure out where, where he's taking you. Cause who else knows us better than the one who created us? Exactly. Right. Oh, I like that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Love Thank that. You. Thank you. Off the top of my head. Oh, write that down. <laughs> Keep, hang on to that one. Oh, I, I, I will write it down. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I want to go back to the the point that you made about how we're forced maybe in this environment that we live in to struggle to find our own identity sooner than it might even be possible. And I think that's very interesting. I'd like to hear more about that. Having lived both in 
Europe and in the U.S. and in Asia. You've had a little taste of all mm -hmm. cultures. I still need Africa. I still need Africa and South America. Yeah, so I go. haven't gotten it all yet. <laughs> but having that experience, how would you say that you define your identity now? Where do you source that from? Because if someone asks you, are you American? What would you answer? If someone asks you, are you Asian? What would you answer? Yeah. Okay, so of all the questions you've asked me so far, this is definitely <laughs> the hardest. Um, but it's it's the one that makes me smile the most. Mm. So when you when you ask the question, am, am I American? I would say my passport is American. You know, I'm 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 legally an American, right. but I I really I don't have a context for what that means. Mm. Even having lived here for six years. And then, and then you know the the little bits and pieces right. of exposure I've had. I don't feel like an American, and I hope that this next bit doesn't doesn't come across as as you know potentially hurtful. But I don't really feel the desire to be an American, mm -hmm. not because there's anything wrong with being an American, right. but just because that I I just it's not me. It's not mm. where I fit. It's not my background, and so I do feel more. Asian and and more more European probably feel most culturally myself in in different parts of Europe Asia you know there was a long long time in Asia clearly and I love Asia very dearly but but there's also I, I'm not quite I don't fit f squarely into that <laughs> world um, oh, so yeah. so if there's one place that I do fit probably where I am most myself it, it's it's probably Europe but I remember when this shift really worked helped me. This was probably my freshman or maybe my sophomore year here at Gordon, where I was really trying to figure out this whole, you know, how do I talk about this? Because that was when I was in the real big throes of culture shock, and I was blaming the United States for things that it, that it just didn't deserve, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think I think TCKs will do that, um, where we kind of pick a culture and we say, "Hey, this is the problem because right. I am everything, not this culture." And mm -hmm. and the United States was that for me, and I've had to kind of really repent of that and come out of that because the United States really is a, is a wonderful place and, mm. and it does not deserve the anger that I was directing at right. it. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, I really needed to put some good words to kind of the question that you're asking, Johnny, is, okay, well, what? And it, it dawned on me, I have lived my entire life in the global east. So, so Thailand very clearly is eastern, but Hungary, this one came as a surprise to me. I had to look this up. To the best of my research, which I, I'm thinking, hoping is accurate, where the world kind of draws the dividing line between the global east and the global west is between Austria and Hungary. And I, I, I've done a, a couple different research, you know, readings on this. Hungarians don't like this statistic. They would say, no, we're Central European, not Eastern European. because mm. They don't want to associate. Exactly. Mm. They don't want to associate. But but I think, I think they, they're still considered Eastern Europe. And so when it dawned on me that I had grown up my whole life in the East, that changed my thinking on the subject for a little bit where I thought, okay, hold on. Maybe I don't have to try and fit into just an Asian or a European box. I can just fit into an Eastern box. Mm. And when I started thinking about it from that angle, there was a lot about me that began to make sense. The United States, there's, there, I, I, I'm drawing a blank here. I can't even pull it, but there were just things about it that I remember thinking, wow, I really don't do it that way. For instance, I hate texting. I would so much rather pick up the phone and talk mm. to someone on the phone because it, it makes more sense to me to have the relational connection over the phone as opposed to a relational connection over text. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of international students could relate to that. I yeah. think so. <laughs> I think so. So so that then that that's 
just kind of a fun example, but but that that's a good example where I do better in this context, not that one. And some of it really is an east-west thing. So when I kind of began to wrap my brain around that, that was helpful. We just want to say thank you for coming on here. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that talk very, very highly of you. Oh, and they wow. always talk about your identity as a TCK. Mm. And I, I told you this before, and I will tell you this again. I'm just using the podcast as an excuse to like hear your story because oh, I really, baby. I've been eager to hear it for a long time. And I'm really grateful to have this opportunity to sit here and talk to you. Well, thank you so much, both of you. And like I said earlier, I, I, I am so loving what Outcast is doing. Mm. And I, I, I got to know Hannah and Peter a little bit and, and now getting to know you, Johnny and Ivy, you, you guys are just taking this and running in such great directions. And I think by sharing, you know, giving us, TCKs, the opportunity to talk about our stories, which is just a total gift, really, is what it is. You, you are you are serving us well. And I'm just so grateful on behalf of the TCKs that, you, that, are, that you've spoken to already and, and the ones of us that, that are, you know, hearing this maybe maybe for the first time and, and feeling seen. Mm. Y'all are doing incredible work. So thank you for what you're doing. And I'm so glad, glad that I got to be part of it. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I, I just appreciate the way you have such compassion and desire to collaborate and communicate with TCKs, even here on campus, but really everywhere. It means a lot to know that there are people who are working to bridge that gap between people. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. And as a question for our viewers, throughout all the change that has happened in your life, what is something that has remained constant? I have a concrete answer and then I have an abstract answer. The concrete answer is my family. Um, we have operated we've been a foursome for 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 so long my, my mom and dad my little sister and uh, we've done everything together for for a very long time but the abstract answer and i thought of this just as i was as i was you know driving up here to to do this with y'all change really has been the constant mm-hmm. and I, I know i didn't expect, expect that, that either yeah. where How oxymoronic <laughs> i know where you're just thinking okay hold on change is not supposed to be a constant and constant is not supposed to be change, but Mm. you can always expect change as Mm -hmm. a TCK. Things will never quite be the same. Hmm. And again, make your peace with that. And I think it will lead to freedom down the road. Oh, (sighs) that's so good. Yeah. Thank you. What a wonderful way to end. Thank you so much, Christian. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. This has been so fun. And thank you all for listening. Shalom. Thank y'all. Shalom. Thank you so much for listening to Outcast. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation. If you would like to help to support this podcast, please share it with your friends and family and your social media. Outcast is now streaming on all major podcast platforms. You can also follow us on our Instagram at ISO underscore Outcast. Thanks for listening.